Welcome to another episode of Cloud and Clear. I'm your host, Rocky Giglio. And uh, before we get started today, uh, don't forget to subscribe down below. Hey, John, great to have you on the show, man. Um, I'm excited about this one. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about workspace and security and the overlap between that and end user computing and uh, just all the things in that space. Uh, so before we get into that, uh, John Veltri, uh, you are the managing director for our workspace and end user computing uh, pillar here at SADA. And uh, yep. so I thought it'd be good just to have you on the show, talk about these uh, just Go to market strategies we've been working on and some of the overlap between security and all things. And uh, so with that quick intro of you and who you are, how you got here, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um, as mentioned, my name is John Veltri. I'm the go-to-market lead for productivity and collaboration. And what does that mean? It's anything that an end user in an enterprise can touch, whether it's communication, collaboration, productivity, and in this case, you know how we securitize those people. Uh, I've been at SADA now for almost a year, and I've been in software sales for almost 20 years, which is bananas to me. And in that window of 20 years, I spent about uh, a little under 10, maybe eight and a half years at Google working in the same space, working in productivity and collaboration, selling Google Workspace. And now I'm at SADA doing the same thing, but able to touch more with uh, other products and services that we sell outside of just Workspace. Love it. Yeah, it's a great background. And dude, it is amazing, isn't it? How fast you turn around. And you're like, I've been doing this for, oh, uh, over 25 years. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about an introduction for this specific reason today. And I was like, oh, my God, I've almost been working, doing this for 20 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It does go. It goes so fast. And uh, I remember in those early days, you know, you're just learning what these things were. And now it's like, oh yeah, I totally, we've done in-use computing for years. Like it's always been a thing, right? Hasn't it always been a thing? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. So. But yeah, man, so with that, I mean, Workspace obviously is the core of uh, the end-user computing platform for us, but just talk a little bit about what that means uh, for SADA. And what does end-user computing mean for SADA? When I think about uh, SADA's place in end-user computing, I mean, there's a long history there, right? When we talk about end user computing, we'll talk about productivity and collaboration. We'll talk about the security of that end user. We'll talk about how we facilitate their access. Um, but really, it's people go to work, people wake up every day, they go to their job, and how do they get things done, right? What facilitates their ability to do their job? Um, and in this specific area, it's how do people read communications, think of something, create content, develop it in a meaningful and digestible way, store it in a secured manner, and then share it across their enterprise, their organization, with their peers, and with people they work with outside of their business, right? In this case, specific to SADA, um, SADA's been in this business for well over you know, 10, almost 15 years, and a majority of it has been exclusively selling workspace, right? And in Google Workspace, it's Google's um, positioning of how to best facilitate those needs around productivity, collaboration, the access and security of the end user. And it's frankly like one of SADA's core competencies. We've been doing it and delivering it forever to large enterprises, to small, medium-sized businesses, and been very successful at it, not only helping deliver the solution to those organizations and make it a meaningful impact for their businesses, because it's a huge, huge transformation, but ensuring that that transformation is lasting, right? Putting customers in a position that can be successful, not just at their initial inception of using a new platform, but also being a customer for life and keeping them 
productive, keeping them happy and keeping them up to date with a lot of the changes that have taken place. Because when Google originally released Workspace and Sada was one of the founding partners on delivery, um, it looked a lot different than it looks today. The core competencies and thought around how to do it was the same, but a lot of the enhancements, especially around security and what organizations expect today around data privacy um, is a lot different. So we've adjusted that way as long as the product and we've been doing a great job at it. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting you say, you know, it's come a long way. Um, I mean, I remember, so I'm on the other side, right? I was at partners that sold Microsoft and man, we would mop the floor with Google. It's like, we have all this stuff. We have all the integrations. There's a whole ecosystem here, right? Um, and, you know, fast forward to where we are now. And it's like, well, actually the ecosystem is pretty robust. And if you go, you know, you probably do this yeah, like, like all of us, right? Like, hey, I'm working on this problem and I need this. I would love a tool that could do X, right? And if you go yeah. search for said tool, guess what's going to be integrated with? Google, right? It, right? Microsoft might be on that list, but Google will definitely be on that list, right? So we've kind of come that full circle of, you know, that our users today want that collaborative experience that Google has always provided. Um, and it certainly has changed, you know, changed the interaction. And of course, then COVID and all those other things that kind of brought us to a point where, it's not just a, an essential communication tool, but it's core to getting work done, right? Yeah, um, I think you know when when you're when you're putting that wrapper around it, right? There is the way in which people expect technology to work, and we have so much access to information and to apps and our mobile devices, and the way in which we engage with technology today, both at a desktop, when we're at work, when we're at home, with our televisions, with our phones. It's changed that there's the expectations right, of how things should work. And Google has been at the forefront of what that expectation looks like, not only developing how people use the internet with search and indexing all the information that exists out there and helping build the infrastructure that supports it, but also because of that reach and retrieve aspect, and then also browser-based technologies and being able to have some form of ubiquity, whether I'm using it on my television, I'm using it on my desktop, I'm using it on my mobile device, the expectations whether they're fair or not, lofty or rational, are I should be able to do whatever I want to do, whether I'm using my mobile device, if I'm using a new watch, right, or my laptop to work, work, I should yeah. have access. Right. Yeah. Access. Absolutely. And and that really introduces the question of security, right? So this is where there's so much overlap between security and end user computing because what what's the purpose of security, right? Well, the purpose of security is to protect our users, our assets, and primarily our data, right? I mean, that's where the real value of most organizations sits is in in the value or in, sorry, in the data that they're creating, right? So the data of patient record or the data of, you know, intellectual property around your manufacturing process or whatever, the users need that data in order to do their job. But that means Oh, if I'm doing this on my personal phone while I'm watching TV at home, sitting on my couch or in a hotel room, you know, on the other side of the world, there's a real security risk there, right? Um, so talk a little bit about that trend and just how you've seen that evolve and how we're how we're helping our customers address that today. For Sada, as a, as a, a Google partner and for Google, the message around the access piece has been uniform as long as I can remember from my time there, right? And that was a big selling point. When you sell something that is not an install-based application, you can access it anywhere. The challenge that developed through that period of time as you're starting to triangulate the storage of your digital IP, the shareability and access to it, and being able to work wherever you want to work, whenever you want to work, created a lot of security challenges and it was exacerbated in a significant way with COVID, 
right? So now you, we live in a world post pandemic where I think, I think the going statistic today is something like 49, 50% of large enterprises that exist out there are in some form of a hybrid work environment where you have people working from home and a return to office and they're not necessarily using secure networks. And it's how do we protect the, like the, the thought process now, right? Around being able to use anything wherever I am at any time and fitting that into the new world we live in where I'm working from home right now, you're working from home right now, some of our colleagues are in the office, et cetera, is how do we protect everyone in the organization? How do we detect any sort of threats that exist? How do we put a zero trust wrapper around a business? And how do we still maintain that cloud first approach where we're not going to restrict how people can facilitate the best employee experience or access the best ex employee experience for them? Because how you've developed your working rhythm and how you get your job done as best as possible and an organization can get the most out of you, Rocky, might look different than John. And how do we make sure that we're giving that that equity of collaboration across a business by still protecting everyone, detecting everything and trusting nothing. And I think that that has really been developed post COVID and that whole strategy around having to ensure that those layers are now native in workspace. And, you know, Google has done a tremendous job in doing that. And some of our other partners kind of feed into that as well. Yeah, you said something super interesting there, which is this idea that you work differently than I do. Right. And so if you if you drill into that a little bit, what's coming to my mind and the question that I, that I have for you is kind of the there's productivity gains to all this stuff. Right. If I can work the way I want to, I'm going to be more productive for the organization that, that employs me. But there's also the reality that you and I are very different people. And so if I build a system around my work stream that may not work for you. And I think that's kind of the evol the next evolution that I'm seeing, at least in the marketplace, is this idea of measuring productivity. So not just can I access the data that I need from wherever I wherever I am. That was kind of the challenge of old, right? When we started doing the collaboration and you know Google kind of broke the world open with you know real-time collab on docs over the internet. And so now everybody does that, right? It, all the platforms have this, you know, every every Dropbox and Box and Microsoft and Google and as Amazon and on down the list. Everybody does that, right? Like, oh yeah, we can totally collaborate online. That creates that whole data challenge, but then along with that is now this new challenge. I think of, okay, we're we're in this hybrid world. We've got folks at home. We've got folks in the office. Some people are going to work better in the office. Some people are going to work better at home. Some people are going to work better in a hybrid scenario. Um, how do we measure that? I think that's a that's a unique and a new kind of challenge for us. Is it's one thing to say I think I'm more productive at home. It's another thing to have some sort of measurable way to look at that. That's a really good question. I think that if you look at the me the measurables are starting to be developed right around productivity, and you can measure productivity. Um, a a company that that orchestrates a call center is going to look at productivity different than an ad agency because you're actually producing variations of what an organization's product looks like. So the, even the idea of what productivity is can be different from one, from one customer of ours to another customer. But we are starting to see um, native into the workspace platform as well as uh, uh, you know, other partners of ours starting to execute platforms based on different APIs, data flows, et cetera, around how to triangulate what productivity looks like in this new 
non-office-based world, where is productivity taking place within different business units, different geographies? And if you have a world that is not just Google Workspace, or even if we want to talk about competitors, not just Microsoft Office. But if we're talking about, and you mentioned some of these other platforms that exist out there, there's a lot of point solutions like a Box or a Dropbox, a Slack, a Zoom, right? They facilitate different levels of communication, different levels of collaboration. So how can businesses now start to say, okay, at a top layer, how often is Rocky, well, what is Rocky doing to be productive? Where is he working? Not geographically, but in what tools? And are we getting the most out of them from an education and transformation point of view? But if we start to think more broadly, what applications are creating the most value for our business? How much communication are we getting in, and not like at an individual level, but organizational? How much collaboration are we getting in Slack? Or are we actually communicating more in Google Meet? Are we a video-based company or are we a chat-based company? How much... And, and where is that taking place? Is it taking place predominantly in the East Coast? Is it taking place in the UK? And trying to figure out where the collaboration is coming from, where the mindshare of the business is, and then taking that information and using it as an enablement tool to say, okay, here's where we need to see, here's where the, we see pockets lighting up, right? Really bright centers of collaboration, bright centers of productivity, and identify, is that person working from home? Are they working in the office? And then start to build some best practices across a business for that strongest end result. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I, and I think it also leads to this, I think, unresolved challenge of the, the people aspect of that. So, okay, you find this productivity pocket, I think you said, right? So we've got this pocket of productivity over here and over here. In between, there are some people who are super productive, but not in those ways. And so now we have this other challenge, I think, on the people side of like, as a manager, I might look and get a report that says, oh, you know, there's all this collaboration happening between John and Rocky. Isn't that so cool? Look at all this stuff they're producing. But I might be missing, you know, John Smith, who, you know, behind the scenes, he hates Slack and, and it just overwhelms him to get all these pings and stuff. But if you remove that stuff from him and put him in an environment and give it the task to get done, he's more productive than John and Rocky combined, right? And so there's a people element here that I think we're yet to see the surfacing of, uh, but it's kind of exciting to think, okay, the tools are coming along to show us how people are working and how they're getting things done. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of that evolution of how we bring that back then to the, the HR side of that, right? And, and, and showing who, who, who's productive and in what ways. I, th I think what you're seeing coming out of SADA in terms of like where we see the market developing in our mind share is we're still leaning heavily on the native capabilities that exist in workspace, which is helping that person be as productive as possible, right? And as long as the content they're creating, their digital IP is stored in a uniform place that has that protections around it, the organization is protected. And then as we start to see greater data points and centricity around where that productivity is coming from and how to best access it for the rest of the organization, that's probably like a next 12 to 18 months of where this, this space is going. Right. But I think as long as we're, as long as we're facilitating, here is how I can get the most out of my employees. If they want to create an Excel spreadsheet, let them, if they want to create a Google sheet, let them, as long as it's got that securitized, you know, uh, data leakage protection, data loss prevention, organizations are comfortable with that place today. Yeah, and I think that's the key, right? So, okay, that's a really cool science experiment. How are we going to figure out the productivity side of this? But then behind this is a reality of we're already collaborating in, in, 
you know, massive ways. Um, and that means tooling. So, so one of the things I'm assuming we get out of some of these new tools is the ability to see, okay, John really uses Slack and meet uh, a lot. Rocky really uses, you know, uh, Gmail and uh, I don't know, some third party tool. I'm making, making up stuff now, but, uh, but it shows the difference, right? So where does that license need to go? So, I mean, there's an efficiency there just in, in what we're spending on this stuff because you could go and say, okay, Slack's really useful. Let's license Slack for the whole company. But that's a lot of money, right? Um, versus saying, hey, well, these folks over here are actually using Slack. You know, Rocky never logs in, so we don't even need a license for them. Um, and having that granularity, I think, is is one of the efficiencies we need to be thinking about and one of the areas of security, too, because you also then have a license sitting out here for something that could be consumed. If I never log in, how am I going to know that somebody else isn't logging in as me? I mean, that's that's a reality today as well, right, with credential hacking and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then behind that seeing, is the data. So go ahead. Sorry. I think you're seeing three trends, right, in 2023. You're seeing trying to put the balance around – well, there, there's obviously – the post everybody getting shift where you know i I, i'm I'm not like a big post pandemic phrasing person but 2020 covid organizations had to make some snap decisions around how to facilitate a new work paradigm shift that they weren't prepared for if you were in google workspace to be completely frank and not to oversell it your organization was fine right when i was i was still at google we went home nothing changed i'm sure the same thing happened at sada people went home Um, and every tool that they used to be productive was there. Different companies had a different experience. So there was a rapid growth around third-party tooling, specific point solutions to solve for gaps in their their stack, whether it was security-based, collaboration-based, et cetera. So one of the trends we're seeing in 2023 emerging already is the consolidation of those platforms, right? If you're on Google Workspace and you also have Google, uh, you also have Slack, you also have Zoom, they're starting to look at, okay, which one of these platforms do we want to lean into more and which ones do we want to consider is a luxury versus a necessity? That's one area. The second area is how do we facilitate the greatest level of adoption, which we already talked about, and this you know, phrasing of like equitable collaboration between people in the office and people at home to ensure that everybody has the same level of access and productivity. And then the third piece of this is we're talking about multiple platforms. We're talking about different geographies. What does the security piece look like on the back end, which I think we have a great story around with Workspace and with some of the other the other partners of ours. Uh, and how do we make sure that or how do organizations make sure that if they're going to give everybody the same level of access and they're going to try to facilitate best practices around a consolidated list of applications, how is it as secure as possible to make sure that they're what's most important to them, what generates them revenue, what keeps their business alive, their digital IP is as protected as possible. Yeah. And I'd see kind of three key areas there um, that we need to be thinking about. One is the identity, right? So who are these folks that are accessing our stuff? How are they getting access? How do we make sure that it's them, right? So that's kind of the key key component there. And then data. So protecting that data asset, you talked a little bit earlier about some of that and in the need for uh, wrapping up, you know, where's the data going, who's got access to it. So there's the data protection part of that, the data loss prevention stuff. Um, And then the third area I think is, is the applications themselves. So you could roll up underneath applications, you know, systems, system access, APIs, uh, all those things. But in the core of that is this data set that I'm now giving access either to an application via API, uh, to an internal system, right. To a network. um, And I'm, and doing that 
assuming so because there's an identity also attached to that rather again whether it's a system or a user uh, that's gaining that access and so those are three i think key areas for a security strategy regardless again of the platforms and the productivity solutions you're using central to protecting that data and really making people productive because kind of to the conversation earlier if i like slack and you like zoom what do i care if you use Zoom and I use Slack, right? I, I shouldn't care. What I do care about is the data, the messaging, the stuff we're transferring in message inside of Slack, inside of Zoom, inside of Meet, inside of chat, you know, all those things. And so I've got to have yeah. wrappers and protections there. So tell me a little bit about kind of our strategy in those three key areas of, of security relative to the end user compute workspace. All right, so you, you rattled off a lot there. So let me make sure Fire I can get it all. So, so <laughs> I think let's think about it in the process of I sit down at my desk in the morning and I have to open up my technological workday, right? I'm making up phrases as we're going along here, but open up, open up my technology and be able to work in, in that efficient way. So the first piece is identity. I sit down at my desk and I need to be able to log in and ensure that I am who I say I am on that day, right? So we're talking about, um, within Google Workspace, we're talking about Google Cloud Identity, right? So how do I facilitate that I am who I am saying I am, and then that gets passed through to all my different applications and services, whether it's you know, user lifecycle management, reporting and analytics on me as the person, access to my content, managing my devices, et cetera, right? And it's ADA because we sell Workspace, but we also have a broader ecosystem of, um, alliances and partnerships. We also do this with Okta. We also do this with JumpCloud. And they have different capabilities beyond just securitizing workspace or really just securitizing Google first approach on applications and services. So we work with them as well. And some of the trends that we're seeing in that space coming out of requests from customers that these organizations are working heavily on is how do we actually even get away from passwords? How do we become password less? Right. If I can go home and log into my I'm a I'm a Google person through and through. So if I have my Pixel phone and I have a Pixel book and I put my phone next to my laptop, how does it prevent me from or how does it facilitate me to not have to put in a password? Right. And if my and again, this is ex, going back to one of the original things we talked around around expectations. If I can do that at home, I should be able to do it at work. Right. And it helps companies keep their business securitized along with two factor. Right, so that if I can two-factor authenticate into my corporate world, my corporate technology world, without a password, because the technology is speaking to itself on the back end, it actually creates the most secure environment. So that's so that's the first thing. The second thing you mentioned was identity, data, data, data. 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 Yeah. Right. So when it, we when it comes to data. I think there's a couple pieces because you're trying to both facilitate greater level of access and awareness at the end user level of what's possible while protecting it. So in our similar to you with what you're doing with security and, and what we're doing around productivity and collaboration, we're really trying to focus on business based, you know, a business outcome based solutions. Right. And that's how SADA is trying to impact our customers in 2023 and beyond. So we're looking at around productivity and collaboration. How do we build out sentiment analysis around specific workflows? How do we help HR onboard and retain talent? How are we putting together specific areas of greater access with the tools they have 
available to them today and solutioning. So what that does is it's going to, you know, it's going to facilitate more data. It's going to facilitate more access. So you're trying to solve business problems that's going to grow this level of access across an organization and different data life cycles, but you also want to make sure it's secure. So some of these areas that we're seeing around data loss prevention that Google is really focusing on is taking what was probably more a focus of regulated industry and seeing that need now span out into just the general enterprise world because of work from home, context awareness and and, and the zero trust policy. So we could talk about beyond corp till we're blue in the face, right? Around how organizations can enact a zero trust strategy, but down at the data level, you're putting on different data loss prevention factors. So data loss prevention has been in, in Google Drive and in Google Workspace uh, probably since 2015. But now we're seeing data loss prevention find its way because of this interaction in, you know, in the cross-pollinization of where's my content, how is it accessible, having it in group conversations, having it in video conversations. We're seeing DLP find its way into chat, and we're seeing different AI-based technologies coming out of Google that is taking things you never thought were really possible and putting it into the end user's hands without them realizing it. So label-based policy. If I know something is ITAR, it's encrypted. If if something is PII, it automatically gets deleted after six months. If I write uh, a note to you that says top secret, right? It's going to start to layer on some additional security and policy on these things without me even having to, to be aware of it. But there's still that piece where the end user is still part of the security strategy and ensuring that they're bought in. So if I go to share something with you or one of my colleagues, it's going to ask me, are you, if you're not in my organization, are you aware that Rocky's not a part of this company? Yes or no. And it's going to continually check to make sure that not only is the security around data loss prevention and data leakage at the enterprise level, but everybody is being a, an active participant in ensuring that they're protecting the company, right, as much as possible. But secure collaboration is absolutely a huge development coming out of Google. Different trust rules, I mentioned DLP into chat, um, different encryption layers that they're putting in back and forth between mail communications, real-time advanced threat protection being layered into the platform. Um, it's a very, it's a very heavy focus around around Google's work, Google Workspace Enterprise Plus as a, as, a, as a layer of that solution. How do we put the highest level of security within the security center at the administrative level that trickles down to the end user? Yeah, and that's so key because operating today, operating in this environment and continuing to have success as an organization, right? If you're gonna achieve your revenue goals, if you're gonna you know, maintain your customer base, you have to protect that data. Right. You, there has to be stuff in place to do that. Otherwise, it's you know the impacts are huge. I mean, just on the security side, right? One of the talking points on the security side is just the fact that insurance companies and cyber insurance is, is going away or or being rates are going up significantly because there's such a chance of you being breached and having this data exposed that they're gonna have to pay out. And so it just makes a huge impact on your business. You know, if you know that your cyber insurance bill is a million dollars today, but tomorrow it's gonna be five million. Right. Are you going to you going to pay that or are you going to drop it? Right. And if you drop yeah. it, then what's it going to cost you if you are breached? And 81 percent of companies are breached. And so there's this whole element of like the security component is is huge. Protecting that data is a huge part of just being successful as an organization. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like cool. in, at Google, 
Google scale, you know, workspace runs on Google and the infrastructure that Google provides with a, across Google Cloud. And to your point, right, there I think there's 15 billion spam messages that Google's machine learning based security platform, you know, security, security threat vectors or, or not threat vectors, but security threat analysis tools are finding. 15 billion spam messages. There's 40 billion spammy search results being blocked, um, 100 million phishing attempts, and 3 million deceitful URLs daily coming across That's crazy yeah. it's insane right the the amount of threats that are that are available to an organization that you have to protect yourself against yeah well hey with that uh we're at time but i guess to wrap it up how does sada help our customers do all this stuff like tell us a little yeah. bit about the services offerings on your side and and we'll call it a day awesome and thank you for the opportunity to chat and and, and walk through this but i think the main focus that we have is a a, a decade-long-plus approach to ensuring that when an organization is thinking about a transformation like this, which it is, it is truly a transformational decision to take the way in which an, an employee in your company, whether the CEO or the person who just started their first day out of college, collaboration and productivity touches every single employee in that company multiple times a minute. They're checking email. They're going through chat. They're, now we're exchanging video conversations like this, and it's how organizations are productive. And it is a truly sometimes what appears to be a daunting task, and it is transformational. SADA has, again, 10 years, 15 years of experience in delivering outcome-based solutions as well as transformation around how they've deployed customers and make it successful. So the methodology around evaluation and the methodology around ensuring it's successful and then the methodology around deployment and customer for life has been there forever. And now as we come into the new 2023, strangely enough, 2023 post-pandemic world, focusing on how we're developing solutions for specific outcomes that are securitized and security-based with your team to make sure that as we figure out together with our customers and just the world in general, what does work look like now? And what is work gonna look like in 18 months, let alone two years, three years out? How are we ensuring that everybody's going to be able to work the way they want with the level of protection that they need? And I think that we are best suited to deliver that with our relationships with Google, our experience in delivering these platforms, as well as our relationship with other security providers and um, partners and alliances we have within the Google ecosystem. Love it. John, you know, one other thing that I've really enjoyed seeing, especially on the workspace side, is that that change management team that just comes alongside our customers and walks them start to finish through that whole process so you don't lose anybody along the way. Um, and I think that's also an, a key element of security that we don't really talk about, right? Is we're going to adopt this new platform. And if I don't help you do so, then you probably are going to either one, not use it, which is a security issue in and of itself. But then more importantly, you might use it wrong and expose it to the world. Right. And that's, that's also bad. Uh, so I think that's so another element of like this whole process is not just adopting these things, but then learning to adopt them correctly. Um, and I've seen your Absolutely. team do that really well, and I, I really appreciate it. So, John, thanks for being on the show, man. For everybody who's tuning in, again, don't forget to subscribe, like the show, like this episode, and uh, send us your questions uh, via email or LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever. We're there. John and I are online, and we love uh, we love chatting, obviously, uh, in, in the show, and we've had a good time together. So, John, thanks again, dude, and uh, I'll catch you next time.
Thank you, Rocky. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.